Welcome to another edition of Old School Guns, the podcast that tells you exactly like it is. And this is episode number 152. This is 152. And if you have any questions or comments for us, you can email them to me at kbmakel at aol.com. That is kbmakel at aol.com. Or you can leave them in the comments section on Podbean and I will get after them. But feel free, you know, put any question up there. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And those of us who've been lifelong learners uh, know that. You know, we've been studying firearms and all these related things all our lives. So, you know, it's never asking a question is never a bad thing. And so go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Okay, ooh, it's been a while since I've done a pod. It's been almost a month. And, he, and here's why. I, I had some work out of town that I had to go do that involves very, very long hours. And um, frankly, to do this, I'd have to haul an extra computer and, and a few things with me. Um, that wasn't really in the cards. I, I could have recorded it on my pad, but, you know, the quality is not the best. And, you know, although I'm, I'm sorely tempted to do it, um, and the other thing is it's, it's hard to do the music and all that, unless, you know, if I'm going to do that, I may as well just bring this computer because I have to do it on this anyway. So, um, I also have very, very long hours I work, uh, sometimes up to 15 hours a day, so obviously uh, the quality would suffer after one of those days. That's not every day, but it's often enough that that I'm either doing it or recovering from it. So anyway, let me uh, give this a give this a whirl. Uh, it's been a month, and you know a lot of things have happened. And, and you know, I kind of I, I get tired of commenting on the national news because everybody does, and everybody knows who and what Joe Biden is. Everybody knows who and what the Democrats are. Um, you know, evil, insidious, all those things come together. All the names they call other people are exactly what they are. So I'll just, uh, I'll just leave it go there. But of course, we just got the announcement that, uh, you know, Hunter Biden behavior is going to be legalized. So, you know, people who were out there with, with pot and, and, you know, I don't want to get into a thing on marijuana. I think the, I think marijuana use is wrong. I think use of a lot of things is wrong. Um, because people can't do it in moderation. I mean, I don't need the dump truck driver who's out on the out on the street high on pot. I don't need people who are in charge of the lives of others, whether it's the equipment they operate or what it is they're supposed to do. I don't need them high on pot, just like I don't need them drunk. So unless we're willing to put in a lot of other enforcements this is appears to be an attempt to de facto legalize marijuana across the 50 states which is wrong and it also appears just to be you know again another sign of societal decay I mean our society is vanishing and decaying in front of our eyes and you know, here are some of the here are some of the very troubling things. Um, when was the last time you saw a kid that was in shape? 
I mean, you can say, yeah, I saw a couple. I will guarantee for every kid you see who's in decent physical shape, you see some blobs out there. I have never remembered this many obese children, and you see them all the time, and usually they have obese parents. I mean, I see people who are in their 30s that are easily, you know, it's, it's no big thing now to be over 300 pounds. And you go into our supermarkets and you can see why. Um, <laughs> you know, the, look at the junk food sections, the candy sections, and the gluttony sections, and and all that. Uh, it's, it's terrible, and our society is doing that. Another thing that's exasperating that is everybody having video games, iPads, screens, being on their phone. I mean, every place you sit down, there's just everybody's on their phone because you're bored. You know, if you're bored, you're gonna you're gonna go to something that'll entertain you, and uh, you know they're on their phone watching something or, or playing some sort of game or something something else. Um, it's really getting disturbing. People are becoming um, we're, we're gonna become this obese nation of people with <laughs> we're gonna have poor eyesight, 300 pound weight. And and uh, all the problems that go with that, and uh, poor nutrition. I mean, that's that's where we're going. Um, you know, some parents try to keep their kids active, but you can't keep a kid active enough in these organized events like the soccer and the baseball and you know all this kind of stuff. When I was a kid, man, as soon as it was warm enough to be outside, uh, you were outside and you took your glove, you went to you know, wherever it was the kids hang out, and you played a pickup game of baseball or basketball. I spent hours and hours and hours playing basketball. And I'm not a great basketball player. I never was. I never was anything more than a, a poor basketball player. But we played for hours and hours. And it's just it's just awesome that we we grew up in a in a society that, that allowed that. Nowadays it just doesn't happen so kids are, are flabby where does that really hurt us well that really hurts us when the military is trying to recruit I mean a lot of young people don't look like they just stepped off the set of Top Gun Maverick they look like they've you know stepped off the set of the biggest loser I mean there you know it used to be basic training way back in the day and this is going back to the 1800s when you joined the military, you just went to your unit, and you were the lowest buck private there. And the lowest buck private, you know, you you got trained. You, you did all the all the freaking menial work too, but you got trained by your unit. Well, that that was not the most efficient way to do it, just because standards across the board weren't uniform. So eventually, we went to this. You know, you go to basic training first. You get the rudiments, the basics of what you need to know, and you go to your, including physical conditioning, and you go to your unit, basically, you know, ready to do your military job. Uh, now they're having to, and, and again, that was the transition from civilian to soldier or sailor, marine, uh, airman, you know, that's, that was the transition. So people are looking at each other and now we have to send people to pre-basic training in many cases 
to get them just in the basic physical shape so they can cope with the not really that stringent demands of basic training. I mean, that's a scary thing. That says something about our society that we don't like. Um, you know, it used to be football. When I was a kid, football fans, kids who liked football, we would go out and play football. Even if it was touch football or flag football or whatever, we would play. I mean, that that was what we do. Kids nowadays and adults are even worse. Um, game day is sit on your butt, watch TV, and eat prodigious amounts of Cheetos and Doritos and chips and dips and you know it's it's turned into the once a week party day where you gluttonize you know kids aren't out um, playing that and of course it's exacerbated by we have Thursday night football in the NFL we have high school football on Saturday Friday night college football all day Saturday NFL football all day Saturday, Sunday into the evening. Then we have a Monday night game. And then we have Tuesday and Wednesday off. And then we have Thursday night football again. The cycle repeats. So people are into this, you know, it's almost cyclic gluttony of eating junk food and doing all the rest. And drinking. The drinking has meteorically rised. You see that in the violence that's perpetrated at NFL parks and NBA and this this is not just NFL this is you know NBA can be the same way I mean Major League Baseball uh, you know it talked about you know did you see that thing with you know some kid catches a home run ball and you know a, a, an adult an alleged adult goes up there and basically just snags it away from the kid um, that happened at the Royals Kansas City Royals Stadium I mean, an adult really doing that, you know. I mean, get... And, and you know what? They refused to ban the guy. What they did was they gave the kid a couple other home run balls or autographed balls from the players and, and a little letter saying, we're sorry this happened to you. To me, if I were if I were in charge of that operation, I'd say, yeah, guess what? You're the adult who basically shoved the kid out of the way and grabbed the ball when the, you know, the kid... And maybe the kid even actually had it in his glove, and this guy, this guy, kind of plucked it out. Um, you know what? That guy'd be banned forever. I'm so sorry. You know, sorry, sorry, man, child. You're done. You are finished. And we'll use our facial rec- recognition software to keep your ass out of this stadium. So, hope you like television. And by the way, you can go down to Walmart and buy all the baseballs you want. I mean, there you go. So. You know, we live in a a terrible time where now we're going to make it. I mean, are people going to sit around in, in addition to the Cheetos and Doritos and candy bars and all the other stuff, the booze? Are they also going to be smoking doobs, smoking their doobies during the NFL games? And I, I would say that's probably going to be probably going to be the next thing is you'll be sitting if if you can even stand to go into one of those toilets, which is what major league ballparks have become especially the NFL you stand in one of those toilets and guess what you're gonna get treated to the wafting aroma of of uh, cannabis being smoked there by you know probably season ticket holders you know who knows um, yeah 
that's it's a bad thing it's a bad thing so yep we're legalizing hunter and maybe if joe gets reelected by the time he leaves office all the crack and all that will be legalized too so hunter won't be a criminal anymore so there you go i i told you if they slow rolled his 4473 investigation where he lied on the forum to buy a gun the one that was literally yeah i guess it was thrown in a dumpster his sister-in-law what was it his brother's widow who he was dating yeah this is all sounding so creepy but anyway she took the gun away from him and threw it like in a dumpster near a school i mean i you know this is kind of behavior this is the this is this is biden family values that's all i can say biden family values but what do you expect from people who steal an election and i have to throw that in because youtube objects to me saying that so for all for all the youtubicals out there um who, who monitor this for youtube yes joe biden stole the 2020 election donald trump was the rightful president and you can you know this because not only is there a whole bunch of evidence out there that the our our government refuses to look at but they know is true but also the weaponization of the just the the appendages of government that have been mobilized against trump um you know hey that's uh you just see it you know the raid on miralago tells you everything you need to know uh you know that that dovetails into i don't know if you follow how closely you follow the news i, I follow it pretty close um looking for a whole bunch of different things but um anyway it, it just it's it's evident to me that we're in increasingly dangerous times uh, when you look at the randomness of crime and just you know a guy walks down the street oh, is it in new york and stabs eight people killing uh two of them uh the, these these uh and you see these stories um another guy walk just randomly walks into a convenience store and kills somebody in there and they they find that and I trust I trust the investigation says they're not connected. Um, the, these two individuals were not connected. One guy's just in there buying stuff. The way you and I go into these stores and you know buy sunflower seeds or something when we fill up with gas, um, it, guy just walks in and kills him. You know how many times have you and I, that's all the time. Yet now that is becoming dangerous. The randomness of crime. You've seen the you've seen the clips. The, you know the seventy-year-old woman getting thrown down the stairs at a subway in New York, not a subway restaurant, but the actual metro subway. And this guy, not only does he throw her down the stairs, but he follows her down and keeps kicking her and beating on her. This seventy-something-year-old woman. I mean, we are living in increasingly dangerous times when it comes to just these random hatred crimes. A lot of these things are being, you know, nobody wants to say it. Illegal aliens are perpetrating a bunch of this. We're just letting anybody in. And then they're getting shipped around the country. 
so they can show up any place any place the dangerous times necessitate you protecting yourself and while a gun is not a magic rabbit's foot that will always keep you out of danger it's something you need to have on you so if you live in a jurisdiction where you have constitutional carry which is about half the states now uh, avail yourself of that avail yourself of that um, get the appropriate handgun and the good part is a lot of the smaller handguns now again they there, there is a price spectrum but a lot of them are kind of on the lower end of the price spectrum so you know you can buy some of these you know concealable decent guns made for CCW um, you, you can buy some of those relatively inexpensively so uh, I would avail yourself of that you know we've seen we finally have seen in the last year several instances where the good people have guns and the bad people get carried away in body bags that is a good thing the latest being that mall shooting where a guy guy what what was it like 30 or 40 yards smoked the dude with the rifle smoked him that was it um, there was another case where and because this involved primarily black people uh, they didn't cover it but guy shows up to a wedding because he's got a grudge against what's going on there shows up with an AR-15 and a woman pulls out a gun and shoots him you know never gets reported in the national media the lady's a hero and she saved countless lives that guy didn't even get a shot off she saw the gun popped him right there and these things are happening all over the place these things are happening a lot more than we know because the disgusting dishonest propaganda mainstream media refuses to report it you know so uh, it's, we're living in dangerous times you have to defend yourself you have to be situationally aware it's going it's becoming and I hate to say this it's almost like when you leave your house leave your property even if it's on your way to work even if it's stopping at the uh, um, the convenience store or gas station even if it's doing something else you're almost entering a non-permissive environment where there's a, could be some very bad things happen to you because it's literally not safe and the cops are in full retreat they are completely in full retreat so don't expect a lot of help there unless they just happen to be there um, not only you know if they if they intervene or they or they make a snap judgment say hey good people bad people I'm gonna take down the bad people not only are they paying for it with their jobs so they lose their livelihood but they're going to jail too so you know obviously anybody with sense which most cops do have pretty much common sense um, they're going to they're gonna just step back and say you know hey sorry can't do that so they are in full retreat also so that's that's it and of course this leads into are we headed for a civil war of some type 
or some massive cataclysmic event where, you know, basically the federal government loses control of areas like they did the Chaz, like they did during the Portland riots and all that, you know. Essentially, the federal government lost control of, of large urban areas during the, you know, the George Floyd and afterwards riots where we should have been shooting bad people, but we didn't, you know, where they were burning out police stations and, and all that. We just sort of let them do it, let them establish the Chaz, which became probably the worst crime zone in the country. So I don't really know. All I can tell you is that uh, we are in real trouble and and they're just looking for an excuse to do it again uh, my my bit my travelings took me to the Pacific Northwest and although I did not go to Seattle um, itself I was in its environs and I can tell you there's some weird people up there um, there's some strange you see some strange things that you don't see in the heartland of America and uh, it's easy to see how the Chaz happened when you look around what's up there. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a completely different, different place. Um, because it's a, it's a powder keg right now. They're just waiting for the next excuse to run amok. Because they got away with it last time. So their behavior has been endorsed and, in fact, encouraged by lawmaker by alleged lawmakers who are are part of our government who I would say are they're actually scum who need to be expunged removed from office voted out impeached whatever removed from office because they don't have the best interest of the country or or its citizens at heart which brings me into our next question who is sent to us my friend um, is wokeism destroying the U.S. military? And I would say wokeism destroys everything it touches. Uh, it's destroying, you know, the when the NFL was flirting with wokeism, people were on their knees and, and, and all the rest, and they decry that there aren't enough black owners in the, in the uh, NFL. They, they decry the fact that you know, maybe there's not enough coaches. All these things are false, by the way. They're all false. Um, but when the NFL flirted with wokeism, it nearly destroyed it. People stopped watching because people don't want their sports politicized. And so they have very deftly <laughs> gotten rid of all that because, you know what? It's bad for business. And as far as, all, you know, the... And again, the, the cornerstone of all this wokeism is diversity, inclusion, equity, all this other crap they put in. What they don't realize is when it comes to especially professional sports, it's all about outcomes. You don't see people who are five foot two in the NBA. Are, does that make them prejudiced against short people? No. It's what the market demands. The, mar the market demands people who are nearly seven feet tall, not people who are just over five feet tall. Um, ben Shapiro, his, his quote was, why aren't there any five foot eight Jewish men in the NBA? Is that prejudice? And his, his, he answers his own question by saying, no, it's simply the market demand. 
the market demand is they don't really care what color or where you're from or anything else you can be the seven foot guy from China you can be the seven foot guy from from the Caribbean you can be the seven foot guy from Eastern Europe and you're probably going to be able to play in the NBA uh, if you're five feet tall no matter how fast you are or how good you are you're not going to play in the NBA just that just as simple so it's all about market so but wokeism destroys everything it it touches um, because it it takes away the market impetus and replaces it with quotas that's what it does that's all wokeism does it replaces the best people with quotas and you know the fact of the matter is there are great coaches doesn't matter what color they are doesn't matter what matters is do they win games just like quarterbacks nobody really cares what color your quarterback is the the key question is does he lead the team and win games you know that's all we judge a quarterback on we don't really care about the rest we just don't care same thing with your baseball player does he hit enough home does he hit a high enough average hit enough home runs or pitch enough you know wins that's what we that's what we base it on we don't base it on anything else and uh, the rest of society needs to uh, fall in line especially the military there is nothing more outcome based than the military and when you outcome base things guess what there are no diversity inclusion and equity problems because those things will naturally filter and the best people will rise to the top no matter who they are where they come from or what they look like that's the way it is the way it is uh oh let's get to some gun things yeah it's been been 26 minutes so we're gonna we're going to crunch through uh, uh, some of this. Um, In-range TV and KE Arms debacle over the what would Stoner do? Low, plastic lower receiver that they they came up with. Uh, if you notice, they put up a video on In-range TV begging for money to help fight this lawsuit against the previous manufacturer of this style of receiver. I mean, you know, this is this is turning into a mess, and now you know everybody's swirling around. Then, then the uh, forgotten weapons guy he gets on and says, "Hey, if they ever emailed you anything, we sure could use this evidence." So, if the previous company had ever emailed you uh, pictures or or technical information, go ahead and uh, give it to these guys. It shows you what a debacle it is. It shows you why amateurs need to stay out of certain things unless you know exactly what you're doing um, and they should have consulted lawyers because if you sign NDAs and then you go out and compete or then you go out and disclose stuff or you sign a non-compete clause and then you go out and compete you're probably gonna get into trouble so the the whole what would stoner do thing is turning into a it's turning into a hot mess and that was that was predictable that was eminently predictable okay let's get to my favorite part which is questions and answers now that we've uh, covered the national stuff and some gun stuff 
we'll now get to questions and answers. And uh, the first question is, what do you think of the Ruger 5.7 carbine? Well, I've not shot one, and I've not actually handled one. So what I'm saying is based on based on pictures, and, and I did watch a little video on it. Frankly, I wasn't interested in it enough to watch a long video. Watched about a, an eight or nine minute video. That was about it. Here's my impression though. Obviously, outside of the charging handle, kind of replacing the slide, the trigger mechanism and pistol grip look just like the Ruger 5.7 pistol. So it's kind of a technology bleed over that way. Um, you know, I'm just not that impressed with 5.7 to think that it's going to be a great cartridge. The thing that's going to kill it is, and a lot of people think it's the new hotness. You know, we were talking about that just before COVID that when the 5.7 pistol came out that, uh, you know, that's a new hotness. But the fact of the matter is the high cost of ammunition. And to be blunt, it's rather low performance compared to 5.56. Um, leads you to wonder why would you want this thing um, maybe if there's somebody who doesn't like the noise and muzzle blast of 556 and doesn't mind paying the high cost but other than that the gun the ammo is significantly more expensive than 556 and to me offers no real advantage at all so therefore I'm not impressed with it I wouldn't get one um, it I look at it and I see for the money they want, which is about a thousand bucks, I see too much polymer. I I see components that were essentially the design components were salvaged from the pistol. Um, the only thing I do like about it is it has a left-handed charging handle, but it's it you know it's you look at it it's not an inspired design at all. It doesn't. I don't know. It it just looks like. You know, we, are you going to pay $1,000 for really a blowback gun that... Yeah, I don't think so. Is it? Is it even any better? I mean, if... Defensively, I suppose it is. But, you know, really, you can get a lot of that same performance out of a 22 Magnum. It, this thing's going to go the way of the 22 Magnum, which is, hey, it's better than 22 long rifle, but it's so much more expensive, harder to find, that really its performance... The performance gain from it it just isn't going to be worth it um, when more powerful cartridges better suited in ground-up designs like the AR um, are going to are going to really uh, you know it's more powerful it's cheaper it's easier to find those things are important in the gun market so Ruger 5.7 carbine I don't know I, I think they, they tapped a loser there. I really do. And that leads to the next question. What do you think about PCCs in general? Um, well, I, I effectively, I like them. I don't really use them that much, except in Old West type guns, which were designed to be what we would consider to be PCCs. Uh, I mean, I got a 3840 Marlin, and I got a... Uh, uh, 3220 Winchester 73. Those are effectively pistol caliber carbines. But that's the way they were designed. And you do get enough of a performance boost. So that they're they're pretty good. The 9mm ones, I'm, I'm really not all that... The modern ones, really not all that crazy about. 
the ones I really do like are the semi-automatic Thompsons and things like that which are you know giving the common person a gun which is very close to something that's unaffordable which I think is pretty cool so there we are that's it's kind of a mixed bag uh, for purely defensive purposes unless somebody cannot or will not shoot 556 I don't really uh, think much of them you know I, I think that uh, there are better alternatives but it's a good bridge in between 22 long rifle and something more powerful but you have to accept their limitations also what do you consider do you consider the 30 caliber M1 carbine a PCC well although that's been chambered in some pistols very you know most famously the Ruger revolver um, it's really not a good pistol cartridge at all because of the uh, I think it's got it's got a loud report recoil isn't bad but it is a not a pleasant gun to shoot pleasant cartridge to use in a pistol so I don't really consider that I consider it kind of a a low nearly an intermediate cartridge um, so I don't really consider it a pistol caliber carbine and you know you can you can hit reasonably sized targets meaning a man-sized target you won't shoot a tight group but you can hit it at 300 yards which is considerably longer than most pistol caliber carbines will will go um, so I would say that it's really not it's a, a very low powered intermediate cartridge is what how I would really kind of classify it okay next question do you think that the sub noir Facebook page no it's snub noir Facebook page might revive zoot shooting well I'm having a hard time talking about talking the last couple minutes um, you know there is a Facebook page called snub noir and it really focuses on snub nose revolvers which I actually have a follow-up question on um, and and a lot of that has that very 1930s 1940s 1950s flavor to it so I think it's a good deal uh, I really it, it's fun to uh, to read about the different guns on there it's a, it's a fun page if you like older guns and after all this is old-school guns it's it's a very very entertaining page um, do I think it will revive zoot shooting? Well, they, they do hold, there are some clubs that are holding snub-nose revolver matches, which, from the advertising anyway, appear to be kind of themed, again, that 1930s to 19, early 1960s kind of noir period. So there's a possibility those could grow. Um, they could maybe grow into a two-gun action challenge type match with some sort of carbine and some sort of revolver. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I would like to see that myself. The zoot shooting, as far as I know, is is pretty much dead. I mean, it's it's just not happening. I haven't even checked to see if their website is up. It might that might even be gone now. But we'll see. Uh, it was too. It was, it was an excellent idea. And I think there is room for it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But definitely the sub-noir 
Snub Noir page. On Facebook has generated a lot of interest. There are a lot of people who, who look at it. So pretty interesting. Do you have and use Snubnose revolvers? Our next question. And um, I say yes. And I think as we're looking back and going circling back to our dangerous times discussion of, of a few minutes ago on the podcast, um, you know, Snubnose Revolver makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense for a lot of people. And I won't go into all the advantages. We all kind of know, know what they are. Um, but I think that that is something that everybody needs and I will even say you know even up in rural America here where I live um, my wife likes to go walking and you know what she really needs when she goes walking is a very lightweight reasonably powerful very portable gun that is a snub nose revolver um, that is a 38 snub nose and so you know that's a great thing for somebody to have that you can put in a pocket or put in a an easy carrying holster and um, it, it works out well it works out very well uh, so you know these things are these things have a lot more use than people want to give them credit for uh, have you heard of the new Glock AR-15 type rifle all I can say about that is, you know, to quote John McClane and Die Hard, uh, welcome to the party, pal, you know. I mean, they're about 20 years too late. And I, I don't know. I've ju I just saw a picture. I don't even know if it was an actual picture or a rendering of this thing that's supposedly been, quote, leaked, quote, unquote, to generate some free publicity, I'm sure. But um, it looked like an AR. Who knows? If this thing comes out with a polymer frame, uh, KE Arms, in-range TV, and uh, Forgotten Weapons will be pooping their pants because Glock can probably make this thing work. They can probably make that work. And they don't, they're not beholden to anybody else for the design, so... We'll see how that all shakes out. But I think that, um, you know, does the market need another AR? There's nothing against it, but I think it's a market that's that's kind of just there. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be expanding like crazy or not, but it's definitely going to be... Uh, they'll get some market share, but how much that is, I don't know. Depends on the... It'll depend on some of the specifics of the rifle but the rendering I saw looked like a pretty conventional AR so there you go uh, what is your opinion of Glock clones such as the Tesis and PSA dagger well now that apparently the Glock patents have expired I would say that um, they are you know a better a better option because they're about half the price I mean you can get that you, you can get these things on sale for under 300 bucks and you can essentially get a Glock 19 and I know the PSA dagger ones take at least they're reported to take uh, Glock aftermarket parts so 
why why not you know why not um, and they take Glock magazines the thesis ones I'm pretty sure they take Glock magazines but I don't know for sure I don't know that because I haven't tried it so um, yeah those are great ideas um, they're totally great ideas I would grab one of those your investments a lot less now you don't have the pride of ownership if that's important but I'd grab one of those in a heartbeat um, a very very prudent purchase at this point because frankly at some point we're gonna have another panic and the gun you bought for three hundred dollars today or sub three hundred dollars you know it's gonna be two to three hundred dollars more expensive if you wait so I'd grab it now grab it grab it grab it here's another question do Takarev shotguns have anything to do with Russia uh, Takarev shotguns are made in Turkey and as far as I know they have absolutely nothing to do with I think his name was Sergei Takarev they have nothing to do with the Takarev rifle nothing to do with the Takarev pistol it appears that the name has been appropriated to and they even they even Takarev and they have a little red star near it um, but if you go to SDS imports they are they're made in Turkey uh, it's not a design that that the Russian designer Takarev ever ever had it, it appears to be more of an 870 type clone um, than anything else so um, it's one of those and um, you know I, I the thing that impresses me about the Turkish guns and I don't like the Turkish government I don't I don't like them I, th I think they're they're jerks but the thing that impresses me about them is they appear to be reasonably priced and very serviceable and they don't have a lot of frills um, although looking at the TISA site you can drop a thousand bucks on their target grade 1911 something I would probably never buy from them because there's there's probably better options out there but um, you know for some of their other guns especially their 1911 45 GI model they're excellent I mean people have them rave about them and in fact I would buy one if I didn't already have the auto ordinance so I effectively have the same the same thing um, so I, I think the Tesis guns are really good value at this point really good value now some of the other shotguns they sell and I don't know if they call them the talker of shotguns or not but they have some weird AR looking ones and bullpup looking ones and with those you're rolling the dice to see if they're to see if they're reliable or not reliable enough to use in self-defense they look like fun but you know hey and, and they're a lot of those things are sometimes those things are sub $300 you can find those things on sale for a lot less the ones that I find intriguing are the Kalishnikov Vepper style shotguns because we we know those are good we know that's a fundamentally good design the, you know the Kalishnikov design even with something as clunky as a 12 gauge shell which was never designed which is not a modern design at all which was never designed for semi-automatic guns they appear to be and never designed to be magazine fed they 
they appear to be very reliable so you know again those sell I think under four hundred dollars that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal right there and um, they come with a rail on top of the uh, dust cover which you know face it you're not shooting that far anyway so even if that's not the most uh, you know rock solid place to mount some kind of an op of an optic it's certainly going to be serviceable enough they appear to have a, a knurled end so you can put some sort of muzzle brake on it um, at least to make it look meaner <laughs> I don't know that's what I would do but um, yes as a Kalishnikov uh, shotgun they, they seem to make a, a really good one and I think there's some Chinese ones out there also um, but the TSA you know SDI imports um, they are they're pretty impressive so I would uh, I would definitely look at that if you're on a budget and you need some firepower that's that's a place I would definitely go I would definitely find that to be a a uh, a good place to buy some buy some guns okay here's the next question what do you know about the sig p210 carry and is it a good option uh, i don't know anything about it really i have a sig p210 target which i think is probably one of the best guns that's ever been made um, i have two friends one of them friend of the podcast and and one of our other associates who bought original I call them original I guess they're all original but they bought the um, service model uh, P210s uh, I think there's a digit after it I, I can't remember but they they bought the uh, I want to say military surplus but they bought the former service guns of that and they really like them very very much as I am enamored with the 210 target um, I think you're buying when you buy the 210 target to, to go on a little bit of a tangent you're buying a gun that would cost you probably four thousand um, dollars if sig wasn't making them in bulk they're that accurate they're that good uh, they're 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 first-rate pieces of equipment uh, and especially well suited for target they really they really blow the doors off a lot of other things so uh, that being said the original 210s are awesome guns probably just from the cool factor probably one of the coolest uh, um, service automatics ever and uh, you know I remember seeing one in Iraq that was being carried by it wasn't it wasn't a coalition member I can't remember if it was Danish or somebody but they said yes I have a 210 Neuhausen <laughs> that's what they called it the 210 Neuhausen so I would fully expect the 210 carry even with fixed sights would be supremely accurate whether that's important in a carry gun to you or not is is something else uh, the other the other aspects to it that are that are important to know is it is a single action automatic no big deal there and it does have a fairly limited capacity compared to you know later designs so none of those are deal breakers and in fact you know it's kind of like care it's like anything else of quality you know if you want to accept the quality um, it may not be the latest design but things of the very highest quality usually aren't the latest design so 
it's an outstanding gun um, for a lot of people it would be a a really good choice um, it is comparatively reasonably priced I think you get those things under 1400 bucks which you know is you look at the price of pythons and a few other things I mean it's it's in that upper tier of factory made guns there's just no there and there's no way those are cheap um, you know is it going to be better than a VP9 or a Glock or something else well it's certainly going to be more accurate but it's going to hold less cartridges so and it's going to probably be I, I would I'm going out on a limb because I haven't looked at the uh, the weight numbers but a loaded Glock 19 or a loaded VP9 is probably going to be similar to a loaded SIG 210 carry but you got less rounds because you have the steel frame and all the good steel parts um, you know that's that's gonna be it um, I would be I'm gonna go out on another limb before I would go for the SIG 210 carry if I wanted a steel frame defensive handgun I would go with one of the new Browning high power clones to be blunt reason is you get more capacity you still have the durability of stainless steel you do have a timeless design and uh, you know for service reasons you purposes you probably have as good a accuracy um, you probably have sufficient accuracy may not be as accurate as the SIG but um, you know so it's kind of that middle ground between the uh, polymer guns and uh, and the SIG so I would probably go especially if you're traditionally minded like I am I'm a traditional guy I like the traditional proven designs um, so that's the way I would kind of go but um, you know certainly certainly it is an advantageous gun and certainly I would not hesitate to use it at all you know one of them Santa Claus brings me one it's not going back up the chimney it's gonna stay <laughs> Okay, our next question is, is the Walther P1 as good as the World War II P38, and is it a good CCW handgun? Uh, the first question is no. The World War II P38 was heavier, but it was very well balanced, so you didn't really notice it, and much more durable because of the steel frame. The aluminum, the, the big difference is, and there were some minor differences in the slide and things, but the post-war P, P38 P1, um, the P1 being the Bundeswehr definition, you know, designation, and the P38, they still kept the P38 designation for the aluminum frame guns they made after, Walther made after the war. That was a commercial designation. Uh, the the interesting part of those guns is that um, you know the the original history going back to pre World War II the Germans wanted aluminum frame guns and the technology just wasn't quite there so they used steel frames because you know steel is a pretty pretty important war commodity just like brass and turns out for aircraft just like aluminum so so basically they said look why why go through a developmental process and try to make this work 
when aluminum is going to be just as hard to get as steel so let's just go with steel we know it works we we've already got the design so they did that during the war and uh, even the late war ones are are excellent quality functionally the the outside finish may be wanting but they're really excellent guns they really are they're very reliable uh, reasonably accurate and they have really good sights on them that's the that was one of the big things and of course they're double action single action and the first service automatic to really do that uh, after the war you know when Germany became its own country again and, and they get the Bundeswehr and they start rearming it um, they naturally wanted to go with that design Walther by that time which had relocated to West Germany had pretty much perfected the aluminum frame they had the time to do it and and uh, they weren't under the crush of wartime production uh, so they did it and the gun to me does not balance as well as the as the World War II steel frame gun but that's that's personal choice the later they found that the aluminum frames were kind of cracking after extended extended use so they had to put in a strengthening bolt in there um, they also made the slide more robust and they, they made some incremental changes over the life of the P1 and uh, it's a it's it's a good gun it's a good gun uh, I would not use it if you want one buy it but really uh, as we to circle back to the uh, other thing hey buy one of the sub $300 PSA daggers or get a thesis gun use that for CCW why spend more money for a gun that holds less cartridges is starting to get some collector value now even the P1s have collector value they came in dirt cheap like a lot of things 90s early 2000s they came in dirt cheap but now they're more expensive so why do it why why buy one just to carry and use um, I would I would much rather buy something else something utilitarian and you know you get the benefit of maybe a few more rounds um, is it more accurate than a Glock I don't know I've never never tried that but they're not wonderfully accurate guns like the Sig P210 so I would uh, I would definitely uh, not use if you have one and that's all you got you can't afford anything else and you say hey I, I need to use it then by all means do so but there are other options out there on the market so you know I would avail myself of those for you know something utilitarian anyway that is it for this edition of old school guns the podcast that tells you like it is you can email um, questions and comments to me at kbmakel at aol.com or post them on podbean and until next time this is old school guns out.